What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the BYO Chair Podcast. In this episode, I chat with a man named Chris who has some neurological damage after a surgery he had to try and fix a bulging disc in his neck. The surgery did not go to plan and had changed Chris's life in a massive way. We have met through a physio program that we both do and we cross paths almost weekly. Chris is the owner of a coffee company called Griffiths Bros Coffee that fuels his recovery and I do a bit of a taste test at the start of the show. If you're a coffee lover, you'll enjoy the first bit of this conversation. Thanks for tuning in to episode 5 of the BYO Chair podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to us on all social platforms. Righto everyone, big news. BYO Chair merch has been ordered and you'll be able to help fund new equipment to improve the podcast by purchasing a t-shirt or a singlet. I'll have the purchase links available when the stock arrives, but they'll be ready to put under the Christmas tree this year. Quick shout out to our sponsors. Valley Meal Prep. These microwave meals will make you feel like you have your own personal in-house chef working for you. Sign up and get different meals every single week. Check them out on Instagram at Valley Meal Prep. Click the link in their bio to view their menu that changes every week. Don't forget to use the code BYO10 for 10% off at checkout. 3099 Jerky. 3099 Jerky crafts the most tasty beef jerky and they have a great range of flavours to choose from. Pick up a bag of original, smoky barbecue, garlic, chilli, teriyaki or salt and vinegar online at 3099jerky.com. Don't forget to use the code BYO10 for 10% off at checkout. Get all new uniforms for you and your team from Camprint. Whether you're after screen print, embroidery, direct-to-film or even promo merchandise such as coffee cups and stubby holders. Camprint can get you looking the goods on-site, in your office or even on the streets. Search Camprint on the socials and on the internet to start the process today. This podcast series is dedicated to my son, Riot. Riot, thank you for being so strong, so resilient and so happy throughout my spinal cord injury. Your mother and I love you absolutely endlessly. All right, we are recording now. So, Chris, thank you for coming on to the BYO Chair podcast. Um, so we met through our, our physios. We both have the honour of uh, working with Matt and Gavin. Professor Gavin. Professor Gavin, one very, very smart man and um, pretty well known in the neurological world, I believe. He seems to travel a bit for... He does, yes. Yeah, I um, I plan on getting him on here. He's already said he'll come on, so ho- hopefully I can make it come to fruition. That's good. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's definitely got some stories to tell, that's for sure. Yeah, it's good Good working with him. He's yeah. always chewing your ear off about yeah. something, which is good. And yeah, he's offside of Matt. He's great as well. Yeah, young Matt. He's a yeah, lovely guy. Yeah, he was going to come in and um, join in this conversation, but I couldn't hustle up uh, another microphone and... and mm. Headphones to to sort of join in a third person, but we'll uh, I'll get him on eventually for sure. Yeah. So you've brought some coffee. I have. Yes. I'm a I'm a coffee lover. I'm over the moon by it, mate. Coffee's uh, coffee's my jam at the minute. I've given up alcohol and I've moved to coffee. That's good. That's a good. That's I won't call it advice. It's uh, it's something good to sort of uh, make sure your days go past. Um, 
and there's nothing worse than bad coffee. That's what I tell people. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'll let you try your uh, yeah your uh, almond milk latte with uh, Griffiths Coffee. So, yeah, Griffiths uh, Coffee is the name of the uh, coffee company for anyone out there that is a coffee fan. And uh, this is my first taste test. So I'm going to give it an honest review. I need honest. Honesty is good. Honesty is the best policy my mum taught me. Yep. So here we go. Go for it. That's really good. That's so smooth. It is. Doesn't have that super strong coffee taste. Correct. That, like, I feel like someone that is just getting into drinking coffee would have this and be over the moon with it. You know, not not being super that super tangy coffee taste. That's delicious. Correct. Yeah. yeah. What happens? This is this is one of our more popular uh, blends called Duchess, um, and it's sort of it's sort of made. It's what they call, we call a medium roast coffee, yep. medium to darker roast. Uh, and for domestic appliances, they're actually really good because domestic appliances, I'm not going to go into a rabbit warren of uh, commercial coffee machines versus domestic coffee machines, but generally speaking, the water pressure under a domestic unit is not as um, as great yep. as a commercial. Commercial, you, you find in cafes, they've got what, nine bar pressure. So basically, you get the water going through the coffee at nine bar, so all of a sudden you're getting a very good extraction. On a domestic machine, you don't get that sort of um, that power going through the coffee. So what that means is it doesn't saturate as much, so it yep. doesn't infuse as much, and it's, that's where you get sort of weaker coffees. So this one, because it's been a sort of a mid to darker roast, yep. on a domestic machine cuts through really well. And um, a little known fact is Australians drink eight out of ten coffees are in some sort of milk format. Yep. Right. Um, so, and when you're having, you know, milk, you know, it's going to be what 250 mils of milk with coffee. You need a coffee that's going to cut through. Yeah. That's why we sort of designed this coffee for, and it's popular in our cafes, really popular in our cafes, but it's also very um, good for our domestic units as well. So. Yep. So I'm assuming in cafes the coffee machines would be hard plumb, so they would have water. Correct. Water. Um, direct to it yep. where you know my domestic coffee machine you just fill up a little tank and yep. and it has a pump inside the machine and Correct. just pushes the water through and brings you that beautifully dark brown goodness <laughs> it's it's liquid gold right there it is liquid gold i'm gonna so have another crack at yeah, it you should have another crack at it so anyway i've got a confession to make here mitch give it to me brother i will give it to you um i don't normally have uh coffee with almond milk if this was almond or oat no, nah, that one's almond. I don't know how the fuck you milk, milk an almond. Yeah, well, okay. So the, the, the issue they got here, it's, it's based off water. It's basically soaked in water. Yeah, okay. And then they process it. So that's how they get it. And you use a lot of water. So from a sustainability perspective, and a lot of people who have uh, – look, you get the people who are lactose intolerant and have issues with uh, cow's milk. Yeah. But with a lot of these alternative milks, um, I could be a bit controversial here. A lot of people, especially um, – the younger one, the younger generation, the millennials, um, don't have cow's milk because of the environment and cows and what have you. Yeah. And they go through the alternative route. But a lot of these alternative milks, there's a lot of um, uh, the process to make it is actually quite um, onerous from a water perspective. So when you're thinking you're doing it from a sustainability perspective, it's nah, not necessarily uh, all is not what it seems. Yeah, so that's yep. what I say. But anyway, this is actually tastes quite well because I've never had it with the uh, with the almond milk, and it actually cuts through quite well. I normally have normal milk, but again, I'm not a um, 
a milk snob, so I'll have anything. Yeah, yeah. But there is camel milk. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, when I asked you what milk you had, you said anything as long as it's not camel milk, so. Yeah, well, apparently there's camel milk there. I just got back from a couple of weeks in uh, Italy. I'd gone to a, a trade show just as an as observer. I had to get out of the country. And um, they do now milk dispensing um, stations. So what they'll do is they'll have your traditional coffee machine. Yep. Like uh, they do your uh, the shot of coffee. Yep. And then they'll have they have a milk dispensing station similar to what you've got here with your um, with your domestic mach- machine. Yeah. What they do is they'll have um, different varieties. Now they can do up to seven different varieties of milk. So you're talking you've got your normal milk, your skin milk, your almond milk, your oat milk, your soy milk, your camel milk, and it's it's crazy. And the problem is it's sort of it's you get paralysis. Yeah. By you know. Too many things to choose. So anyway, it's, it's all like right. Netflix, mate. There's too many options on there. Correct. Yeah, that, that's the problem. You get that sort of. Uh, you look at it. You flick on Netflix and go, "What, what the fuck am I going to watch?" Yeah, it's too many sc- things to choose from. You keep scrolling. You keep scrolling. Anyway, so it's a bit of a. Uh, it's an interesting sort of space there with the sort of the milks, but actually this cuts through quite well. So I must admit, I haven't had my coffee with uh, with the um, the almond milk before. So soy used to be the big one, the big yep. alternative milk. Yep. So that's gone a bit on the nose now. So uh, oat milk is apparently... I feel like soy milk does something to people. It turns them strange. Yeah, it they, does. Uh, yeah. It, it does. I, I think it makes them uh, offended by just about everything. Correct. <laughs> a lot of lot of offended soy milk drinkers in uh, in Victoria these days. They all sort of come out after COVID, if you ask me. But that's all. Yeah, we can that's all that. good. Everyone can sort of do their own thing. True. That's, Just keep yeah. your offended opinions to yourself. Yeah, that's right. So everyone's got an opinion, right? So, yeah, yeah that's yeah. one thing you can control, right, is your opinion. So um, everyone can have it. It's sort of like I tell people, so if you want to have it like that, have it like that. It doesn't bother me. So, yeah, yeah, that's no, it's it. it's all good. So. No, ripper. So, um, look, there's a question that I like to ask all of my guests at the start of the show, and it. It, uh, it just get, like familiarises the audience a little bit to, yep. to see, to, to give them an understanding of the person that, that is being interviewed. And that is, um, what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? Ooh, good one. Right. What am I watching at the moment? I am watching um, Fargo on SBS On Demand. Yep. Season five. So I've never got into Fargo, which is- I've never heard of it. It's sort of quirky. Yeah. It's an American sort of series. It came out, the original one was- if uh, I could be wrong here, I think the Cohen brothers, some uh, directors out in the uh, in the states, did some um, uh, did it, and it's like sort of left of center drama kind of uh, a show. So I'm watching that on um, SBS on demand at the moment, which is uh, not too bad. Yeah. So um, it, it's just a bit out there. Um, I just finished watching Lupin, which is on Netflix. Yep. And it's French. It's about a French um, guy who. Uh, He's a thief, but he's an honest thief, a gentleman thief. So that was a bit bit left of centre as well. So. Speaking of honest thief, have you watched Honest Thief with Liam Neeson? No, I've seen it. It's on my uh, list of things to sort of get uh, into it, mate. Yeah? It's brilliant. Okay, there we go. It is brilliant. Yeah, he. Um, I'm a big Liam Neeson fan. Oh yeah. Yeah, and oh. they recently filmed a, a Liam Neeson movie in Melbourne. I think it's called Blacklight. Yes, they did. It was was that during COVID or just after COVID? I think. I think it was after. Yeah. So my dad works for a crane company, and okay. he was going out to pretty much size up a job, mm. 
and he saw all these trucks in the street. Yep. Yep. And yeah, they were filming that movie. All right. And yeah, Dad said that he saw Liam Neeson from a distance, and I was like, why would he come to Melbourne for mm. a movie? Anyway, you saw the movie, and mm. it's. I don't think it's meant to be like set in Melbourne, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, it doesn't say in the movie, oh, it's an Australian movie or yeah. anything like that. But yeah, it's definitely it, filmed in Melbourne. I think it's just because it's cheaper to sort of uh, do it here than it is to do it in the States. I think that's how it sort of works. I've got uh, friends who work in the sort of the local um, industry here. Yeah. Um, and I think there was one just recent with, uh, I think John Senna was here. He was doing a, yep. um, a movie here, and a friend of mine was driving him around. Yeah, so uh, John Cena and Zac Efron, they were filming it at, at Bundera, um, what is it, 10-pin bowling? Yep. And the then one. while I was at Royal Talbot, Zac Efron and Liam Hemsworth were filming a movie at Royal Talbot. Right, okay. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I didn't see him. But I, at that stage, I didn't have much mobility. I was pretty yep. well stuck in bed or... Yep. Thrown on a plinth at Talbot, mm. um, but yeah, plenty of the okay. physios and yeah. nurses and that went out for a bit of a perv. But oh, yeah, yeah I don't know how well they went. Like actually seeing him, it was pretty strict from what I what yeah, I've heard. It would be, but yeah, it's quite strange how they're they're filming stuff like that in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, I think they sort of again. I think it's a cost thing, so they got to sort of um, yeah, it's cheaper to run it here. So and I, I dare say the government will probably chip in as well because yeah, we've got to get a sort of things. Get back to moving in this state. Yeah, yeah. I um, I actually heard something yesterday about uh, what would you call them, like tourist ships, or oh yeah, um, coming into Melbourne. Yeah, and then our greedy government decided to tax the ass out of it. So now they're like, well, fuck that. We'll go somewhere else. We'll just bypass it. Where you know the people are going to get off the boat and spend x amount of dollars to help build the economy and. Once again, greed took over, and now we we don't get that. We're just going to keep getting our asses taxed. It's uh, it's interesting that you say that because I had a, I had this conversation yesterday with a couple of guys at work about it. And okay, beautiful. Yeah, I'd actually like to hear more about it because I only heard a brief description. Yeah, um, and again, don't quote me on this. Well, you will, you can quote me, but I think that it's in, on it's on record, mate. It's, it's record. quoted. It's, well, I think where I, where I read it, it was the, the putting an extra fifteen percent tax on it. And then we're discussing it, similar to your point, you're saying you're going to get these people who are going to come off the boat and spend money in, in the local economy. Not only that, it's also, I dare say, they will be replenishing on the ship as well. Of course. Right? So there's a lot of local businesses that sort of supply in. Businesses like, you know, like my business, Griffiths Coffee, we're sort of, yeah, we're a small business, right? Yep. Yeah. It's sort of, if you were to supply into the, if we had a contract to supply into these sort of things, that will be a big deal, right? For sure. And then all of a sudden, the decision the government makes, all of a sudden, not understanding the consequence of, you know, how it affects the knock-on effect, and it could be fruit, it could be, you know, anything, water, whatever they're putting, meat, you know, uh, coffee, whatever it's going to be, you know, it affects the local businesses. Yeah. Right? So ultimately, not only so it's a twofold effect. Um, you know, I'm no expert at it, but how these sort of uh, ship liners work, but ultimately, you know, who's going to pay for it? Oh, if you get more money into the economy. Yeah, through get, letting people sort of uh, come off the boat and you know, spend their well-earned cash, it sort of it helps everybody. But I don't know. Sometimes you, know, you think they're they're smarter than us. I don't yeah. know. It's uh, the past few years. You, you definitely got to question the uh, 
the noggins that sort of uh, run this state. So um, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a bit of that's a, for sure. And let's be honest, I'm one happy man that old mate with the, that uh, off the North Face jacket. Let's just say that is no longer running anything in Melbourne that I know of, anyway. Well, I refuse. And to, I'm, gl- I'm I glad refused to wear my North Face jacket when I saw him. I, I took it off. I said, "That's it. I'm done." And he had, he had exactly the same one as me, the bastard, right? So I'm thinking he had to fuck it up for you. He had to fuck it up for me, right? So I thought, no, you know what? That, that goes to some 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 uh, charity. Someone. Uh, we can get better use out of it because I'm not going to bloody well wear it anymore. Good. So I, I, I donated it. So hey, I respect the shit out of that, mate. Yep. I've, I cannot stand that bloke. And when I've read that the golf clubs or whatever weren't yep. letting him in, yep. mate, that was fantastic. I know. Yeah, yep. what, it, it sort of uh, – it, it'll come back to, to bite you and that's what I um, – you know, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that sort of karma is going to come back and get you. It's sort of – Good karma and bad karma. Yeah. My, yeah, again, you know, speaking with you know, mates and what have you, it's sort of if you travel through Europe, all right, and you know, my background, my parents are migrants from Greece, and you know, a lot of people talk about you know, Greeks and you know, Italians sort of the way they do business over there sometimes is not as uh, uh legitimate as uh, people would think, like you got to pay somebody to get something done and stuff like that. And it happens, right? Is this overseas you're referring to, yeah, or, yeah. or here in Australia? No, no, we're talking about overseas, right? Okay, yep. But people know it, right? You go to Greece, and if you want something done, you pay somebody, and they'll get it done, right? If if you can afford it, they'll they'll do it. Now we're talking government officials or what have you, right? Yeah, it's sort of cleaned up now, right? But that's sort of um, yeah, you know about it, so you can do with it, right? Yep. Here, it's institutionalized at the government level, right? And then they just hide everything, so they they just take the public for fools, right? Yep. And they're cutting deals with whoever they're cutting deals with. Right, and it's sort of that institutionalized corruption. And you know, you talk about yeah, you know, overseas, overseas countries. People know that it's corruption, right? Yeah. But you know it; it's in your face, right? Yeah, yeah. Here, they just hide off. Oh, I can't remember. Whatever other. I things. don't recall. I don't recall yeah, all that sort of stuff. Right. There, yeah. And of course, you bloody well recall. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's just hidden in plain sight a it, lot of the time. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and then you have people, you know, who have got that sort of blind faith in them. Yeah, and you know, they'll defend him to the hill. Doesn't matter what happens. So yeah, yeah. anyway, it's sort of that sort of politics becomes. It's be, I think it's become quite fragmented in the sense of you know the far left or your far right. There's no sort of moderation in between. Yeah. Um. And you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer. The less you hear the government, the better. Yeah. 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 They're there to they're there to support the people. And the problem they've had, got here in this country is it's all about them. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're liberal or labor. Or greens, it's all, they're all the bloody same. They just want to put their fucking noggins on the on, on the tube. It's like piss off. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lyric in a, uh, I think it's a Bliss and Esso song. It says, "It doesn't matter if they're Labor or Liberal. It yeah. doesn't matter. They're all the same as the criminals or something along those lines." Very apt. And uh, yeah, I found out that like the majority of people in in government are all ABN holders, so they're all just literally lining their own pockets with what, what they can do. They're not on a wage, and correct. They're probably getting way better te- tax cuts than we are. Or no. tax benefits, I should say. Definitely. Um, but yeah, anyway, that, we could go on about that for a bloody long time. Oh, yeah, I and I reckon by the end of it, I'll be very red in the face because they shit me to fucking tears. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be uh, respectful here, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. It's all, <laughs> yeah, they've, yeah, I ran a business through COVID. Yeah. Right? And um, it's sort of, we were in the fortunate situation being a coffee company and Part of what we do, we also supply into supermarkets, different yep. brands of coffee, some under uh, a private label for other 
uh, roasters. Yep. Um, some of our own brands, but we we're lucky enough to be classified as an essential business, yep. so we could operate. So through COVID, we had the um, um, we're operational, and it was it was busy because people sort of pivoted from you know obviously working from home and coffee consumption through the supermarkets went through the roof. Yep. Um, but the government did very little. It was sort of it was quite frustrating as a business owner. And, then, and I was speaking to cafes. So our mainstay of our business is other cafes that we supply. So we supply well over, you know, 300 cafes Australia-wide. Wow. Yeah, so... Um, That's a lot. Well yeah. done. Our base being here in Victoria, the, the majority here are in Victoria. A lot of them did really, really tough, right? Um, and the thing is, it was just too heavy-handed. Yep. Right? And then, yeah. And you got to sit. You're dealing with people, and then they're, they're sitting there just going, "Okay, we'll, we'll close the playgrounds. We'll do this. We'll do that." People still got to live their lives. So I think I, I still, I honestly believe there's people who are uh, still suffering the, the side effects of the um, the closures. Yeah. The you know, the harshness that the Victorian state government put on on its people. And people would say, "Yeah, they did it for the health and safety." Yeah, you know what? But every other state had a different thing and they all went through the same sort of uh, process. It's not like COVID in Victoria was different to COVID in Adelaide or in New South Wales. It's, it was bloody the same thing. Yeah. It's just that our system and you'd be, and we're both sort of in this situation because we've been in the uh, in the hospital system in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, was severely underfunded um, from the government. And, yeah. And it was the stress on... has. As I say, and it's only my opinion, um, the stress that on the hospital system and the thing is what caused them to sort of lock down as harsh as they did because it was so underfunded. And, and I speak to people, I've got friends who are in the system, in the public health system, and I say it's, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And being in hospital after um, yeah, what I've been through, I was fortunate enough to go through private Yep. There's a lot of nurses that you get chatting to when you spend three months in hospital. You, you, you tend to chat to a few, fair few people and a lot of them who had come from the public system. And I thought that the private system was okay, but there was sort of going, geez, if this is private, fuck what, what's happening in the public system? Yeah. And there's nurses that have come in or practitioners that come in from the public system and said, oh, you know, this is, this is like the gold standard. I'm just going far out it's sort of uh, and you can sort of see it's sort of so grossly underfunded and it has been and this is not because of COVID this is because leading into it yeah right? so anyway that's a, that's a different uh, scenario there so that's why I think they had no choice yeah they had to lock it down so ultimately sort of it, it comes back you know the decisions they've made in the past has come back to roost yeah now and then yeah and who pays the people pay ultimately yep. so yeah that's unfortunate yeah, so speaking of hospitals and whatnot, like I said earlier, I've seen you at physio and yep. that's where we met. Yep. What What's caused you to need to go to see Gavin and Matt and, and what's, what put you in hospital for three months? All right, so I had a, um, a I have what they call stenosis in my spine. So um, now I don't know if it's hereditary because I know my brothers had the same operations. I had an operation called a anterior cervical disc fusion so what it means is in my neck in my c uh, i think it was five six and seven or four five and six um the discs that sit around the spine had degenerated over yep. time um and I'm, i've been quite active so i'm you know 51 year old male been playing sports all my life whether yep. it's soccer football you know 
variety. I haven't played, you know, uh, gridiron for, you know, about three years. Oh, yeah, nice. Back in my early 20s. So, um, um, yeah. And again, being an active person all the way, um, whether that sort of contributed to the, um, to the, the degeneration of the, of, of the discs. Um, so basically what was the, the symptoms I had was a numb right thumb and right uh, finger, forefinger. Yep. And numbness on my uh, foot. Under my, my right foot. Yep. Um, and I tried everything. I'd gone to physios, chiros, um, and nothing was working. And this was sort of manifesting over probably a period of about 18 months to two yep. years. Okay. And it was just getting progressively worse. And I was playing soccer um, in a sort of a, an older, um, you know, over 45 soccer. And you can sort of you can sort of feel your body getting worse and worse yep. in relation to the, the numbness and, you know, you get bumped on the field and you can f- sort of feel the whole sort of uh, numbness shoot down the right side of your body. Anyway, my uh, older brother who had, uh, had this, what they call the ACDF, he had a fusion done uh, just a couple of years ago. Um, and he's, what had happened with himself, he's uh, disherniated, but it had herniated where it was manifesting in a lot of pain. So sort of he's a dealt, he, he would deal with it straight away. Yep. And he's uh, herniated outwards. Uh, mine um, so I went and saw the surgeon my brother's surgeon he goes look this is what's happened saw the MRI he goes yep you got to go do in you got to go in we're going to do this fusion yep pretty stock standard a lot of people actually do it it's sort of so it's common is it it's a common thing it's okay. not it's not uh, it's common I said okay fair enough he goes, in like middle age more more predominantly males or uh, a bit of both yeah okay, okay. And, and I say it's hereditary because I've also got a female cousin of mine who's also had it done as well Okay. Right. So, you know, it's sort of, you know, once, twice, three times, there's something there, right? So I think it's probably a mixture of both. Yeah, it's uh, not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. But anyway. Um, Fuck, yeah. that's good coffee. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> the, um, yeah, so my, um, yeah, so the surgeon goes, look, go in, it's sort of a, a standard procedure. Yep. And he goes, look, but with anything, it's sort of, it's a 90% success rate. And you're going, okay, fair enough. He goes, once we do it, you'll be fine. Or yep. relatively. I said, all right, let's do it. So, um, so my benchmark was my brother who had done it a couple of years beforehand and he'd gone into hospital five days later, got out. You know, it was, I think, a six weeks recovery period and he was back at it. And he was back to like almost 100% or? Oh, 100%. Oh, oh fantastic. Yeah. 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 So yeah. when you've got a benchmark, you're going, okay, that's going to work, right? Yep. Anyway, so what happened is yeah, early this year, March the 6th, is sort of where it uh, went in for the operation. Um, went in, they did the sort of operation that go in from the throat. So they basically cut you open, push aside your voice box, your throat to get into the, the spine to sort of clean it, clean it up. I woke up and I woke up with uh, numbness down my right side, or not numbness, no movement down my right side, as in my arm from the yep. shoulder down to my hand and then from my hip all the way down. Couldn't move. Um, Scary. It, it was, look, it's a bit daunting. Um, and again, I'm tucked up to the eyeballs in you know, endone and what have you. So I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I was tripping. And I, and I remember thinking, okay, what's going on? I can, um, and my shoulders were hurting a lot. And it was sort of, because that's sort of, that's where they clamp you down. I'm going, okay, what's what's going on here? Then the assistance, assistant surgeon comes around and he goes, that was a very um, difficult operation. He goes, it was touch and go there for a minute. I'm going, what the fuck? Did he mean with your life or... I don't know. Oh, shit. I'm just going, what? 
And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, anyway, so at this point you start sort of freaking out, going, well, what, the, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Um, so I had sensation. So you can, I could sort of, if you, you know, I could get the cold, the hot, the touch was there, but there was no movement. So that was day one. Day two was sort of, you know, yeah, again, you're on the drugs and what have you and this, that. And then I remember the, I was at Epworth, Richmond, and the doctors kept coming in, the nurses kept coming in. I'm going, okay, this is not sort of standard, right? Yeah. The surgeon came and saw me a few times and anyway, they go, okay, so that was the Monday, the Tuesday. Um, they go, look, we'll just send you for an MRI, another MRI. At this point, it's, it's painful because it's sort of everything, all the drugs are sort of wearing off and yep. things are painful. Again, no movement. Um, so they take me down. It was like 11 o'clock at night to do an MRI. Um, yeah, Wednesday morning, yeah. And again, it's the, it's the roughest slip you had, right? It was like, as much as you, it pumps you with drugs and what have you, um, it was sort of um, yeah, a rough slip. Got up in the morning, had a yoga, then a nurse comes in and writes up on the board, kneel by mouth. Right? And I've looked at him and just gone, ah, oh, fuck. Because when I put kneel by mouth on the board, you're thinking, I'm going in for another op. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm sort of freaking out. I get a bit emotional about this, thinking about it. Um, and then all of a sudden, call my wife, call my brother, who had had the same thing. He said, what the fuck's going on? He goes, I don't know. And so the surgeon comes in and goes, look, what, what we've got is there's been compression on your spine as part of the operation. So what had happened is the disc had herniated inwards onto the spine. Yeah. So the motor function, that's where it affects the motor function. But there's a, bit, there's a lot of compression on the spine. So we need to go in and do a laminectomy. I said, right, right, okay, so what does that mean? And he goes, oh, look, we've got to get to come from the back. Yeah, okay. Right? And I remember when I first saw him, um, when I did the first, the initial consult with him, he goes, look, we don't go in from the back. He goes, because the back is sort of very, um, there's a lot of muscles in around the back. Um, you've got to cut through all the muscle fibres and what have you to get into the spinal cord. And he goes, it's sort of, it's like a last resort. So fast forward and he's gone, we're going to have to get in from the back. I was going, oh, oh, this is not, this is not good, right? Anyway, yeah. so he goes in and sort of comes in, calls me and goes, look, this is what's going to happen. And he's quite positive. The guy, the, the surgeon is, he, he, you know, is, if it's one thing, he doesn't mince his words, but yep. he's quite positive in his outlook. Okay. Um, and goes, well, we're going to go in and do it. He goes, but, he goes, I think you should see another surgeon. He goes, I'll send somebody else down to have a chat with you, right? So, so you can get another opinion. At this point... What choice do I have, right? It's like, all right, we've got to do what we've got to do. Yeah. So you know, the wife comes in, parents come in as well. I said, look, this is what's happened. It's quite a motive point. The next surgeon comes in. This is what have been about midday. Um, and he goes, look, I've seen the MRIs. He goes, uh, if I was you, I would be doing it. If you're my patient, I'll be doing it. He goes, the best doctor to do it is your doctor, all right? Well, so, that's, that's comforting, I suppose. Yeah. And he goes, if you don't do the operation, you got to... Uh, 10% chance of walking again. Oh, fuck. Yeah, sort of tough. Yeah. Yeah, at that point, things spiral. It's like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. I said, I came in two days ago for an op, standing up, and it's like, now you're going to tell me I've got a 10% chance of walking again. Yeah. Right? And his bets on me, and it was not as good as my surgeon's, but <laughs> I'm just going, okay, just go. I just, you know, I don't need, you know, he was being, you know, looking in hindsight, he was just being brutally honest. Yeah. And sometimes you've got to hear that and go, okay, 
But Truth hurts, like, doesn't it? You know, know it when you. When it's as necessary as a situation like that, yeah. the truth hurts and it, it's hard to yeah. take on board. Yeah. But when you know it's the right thing to do, you've got to put your trust in these people. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, I never questioned it. I said, look, that's it. We're doing it. Let's yeah. go. Let's go, yeah. Right? Um, and I've gone, okay, fair enough. So anyway, from that point on, and it took me in, oh, in the evening, it was like six o'clock. Yeah, it was like a long, and they take you down to what I call the um, that room before you go into for an operate, operating theatre. I call it like the fridge because you're on like a middle tables and you're there by yourself and you're just there with your thoughts and you're going, "Yeah, what the hell is going to happen?" Yeah, right. Um, so anyway, they did it. Woke up the day after. It's all the door that came in. They did the op. They said, "Look, it's all all went well," um, and then. But what had happened is the compression on the spine had been already there. So with any spinal injury, um, if you get sort of compression on the spine, you're going to have that sort of effect. So my motor functions yeah. were gone, right? Yep. Um, so the arm started coming back a few days later. Is this moving, movement, movement or more Move. sensation? No, sensation I always had. But did you lose any sensation or did it feel 100%? No, it felt 100%. Okay. I, feel, I, I still got like, um, like even now, I still got numbness in the hand. Yeah. Right. Um, and in the foot, but there was just no movement. All right. And then, which I've subsequently found out, the front part of the spine is where the movement comes from. And the back part of the spine is where the sensation comes from. Yeah. Right? Okay. I didn't know. Oh, that. I never knew that. Now, um, who told, one of the psychiatrists who, who was coming around was actually told me, I'm just going, oh, really? He goes, yeah, because your disc has sort of uh, had gone into the front part of your spine, that's what sort of the movement is. The back part was okay. Yeah. And I've just gone, oh, okay, fair enough, at least I've got sensation, right? But anyway, it's sort of um, – and then after that, it was just a matter of time. So I was then stuck in Epworth, Richmond for a few months. Oh, it was probably, no, actually it was about a month, and then I moved over to Epworth, Camberwell to do uh, rehab, um, yep. inpatient rehab. So, And that's where – and again, I was sort of um, – had to sort of learn how to walk again, the yep. whole sort of. So I guess probably the most confronting thing you would you'd think of is first is yeah, waking up and going, what the hell's going on, um, and then probably the the, the second most uh, uh, confronting was learning to walk again. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I see a kid red and he's sort of he's yeah, crawling around, about to start walking and this and other. But yeah, you don't remember yourself being one years old, right? Yeah, learning how to walk. But when yep. you're an adult and you need to walk again, and you you know exactly the, the feeling. Well, yeah. Sorry to cut you off, yeah. but I, you know, when people bring it up to me and, yeah. and mention learning to walk again, yeah. I say to them, oh, "I've done it twice before. Oh, right. You know, I can do it a third time." And whether I can yeah. or not, yeah. to me, it's about mentality. Yeah. And I won't ever take no for an answer. Yeah. And you can tell me I can't do this, and guess what? That just fuels the fire. Correct. I'm fucking doing it. Yeah, correct. I don't care what how yeah. long it takes me. It can take me to the day I die. Yeah. But I'm not giving up. Yeah, it's good. And that's, and that's the attitude to have, right? So yeah. I, I, and, and I tell people that because I walked in, and I remember, what they, or they will mean to uh, Epworth and Camberwell, and they go to me, All right, what are your goals? I said, I need to fucking walk out of here. Yeah. You know what? I oh, know you got to sort of re- readjust your, your goals. I said, nah. I'm walking out. Yeah. That's what's happened. That's yeah. we've gone, oh, but you've got it. I said, no, no, that's it. Put it up on the board. Yep. I'm walking out of here. Yeah. Right? And if you want to put fuck there, put the fuck there, but I'm walking the fuck out of here. Yeah, good. Um, yeah. Two months later, I walked out. All right. Albeit with 
you know, a crutch, but nonetheless, I still um, walked out of there. So, yeah. and again, and because this, you have that sort of spinal injury, it's sort of you've got to go through that sort of whole process. Um, and a lot of it you think it's going to be over in a few weeks. Yeah. And I think the adjusting, from my perspective, has been um, and getting an understanding of it's a long process. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the nurses and the doctors there say, look, you're in for the long haul. And initially, I didn't want to believe it. I thought, no, this, this will be over soon. Yeah. Uh, I can relate to that as well, yeah. And I've just gone, no, it's not that. And I, I actually I read an article the other week, um, Basha Hooley, the ex-Richmond player. So I'm a, I'm a fanatical Richmond supporter. So. Okay. So Basha, he had his car accident earlier this year and broke a pelvis and this and the other. He had an article in the paper the other week and he was saying um, he was treating it like it was a sports injury. Yeah, you know what? I'm just going to... I'll be back at it. I'll be back at it. He goes, but it's getting the understanding that it's actually a long-term, you're talking this is a process here. Yeah. And it's going to be 12 plus months to get back to sort of a level of normality. You're never going to go back to 100%, but yeah. it's going to get back. And I thought, you know what, it's sort of, with, the more you hear about it, the, the, the more it sort of, yeah, it settles you. Um, but again, it's that sort of frustration because you want everything over tomorrow, right? You, you yeah. want to be back to normal tomorrow, but it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, yeah, and it affects everybody across the board, right? And it's a sort of, yeah, and the most is your family, right? Those closest to you that all of a sudden, yeah, have to adjust their lifestyle to yeah. fit into you. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, they're the sort of, they call it the silent victims of no choice of their own. But yeah. they're sort of there. But you know what? That's what family and friends are there for, right? Ultimately. Yeah. 100%. What's the saying in sickness and health when you get married? Yeah, yeah. So you've got to take the good with the bad, right? So, yeah. yeah. And that's what it's sort of, and, and it's sort of, uh, yeah, sort of the, where you develop, right? And again, it, it sort of makes you stronger, sort of mentally makes you stronger. Yeah. Going through this whole sort of process. And it's sort of, and yeah, I think a lot of it goes to your point is your, your attitude, your mental attitude to sort of, um, yeah, there's realities, yeah. right? But there's willpower, there's the strength to be able to sort of, you know, push through things, right? And you know, in your day, and everyone has dark days, you know, I have dark days, you know, but you've just got to sort of, you know, put one foot in front of the other and just keep going because, you know, ultimately, you know, we're only here for a short time, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I heard a quote the other day and it sort of resonated a lot with me going through what myself and my family going through and I think it would would sort of give you a bit of insight as well and it's um the magic you want is in the work you don't want to do yeah you know and it's this neurological injury world I suppose the only way it gets better is to make it harder at the start like or to make it harder and and I don't mean put yourself in shit situations but you got to work hard Mm. you've got to get up early and go do your exercise. You got to go. You got to eat right. You know. You got to do all these different things, and that's the only way that right. it is going to become a bit easier. And it's not going to be easier that day or the next day. It's going to be easier three months down the track. Correct. And then three months down the track again, it's going to be a little bit easier than it was. Yeah. And you just got to work your fucking ass off to be able to get any any better. Yeah, I, yeah. I tell people, I said, everyone's got the motivation, right? So you, you look at people and go, "Yeah, I'm motivated to do this. I'm motivated." I said, "Motivation is easy because you can talk it." Right? Mm. 
Discipline. It's the discipline. Yep. That you, it's got to get you, get you up in the fucking morning. Yep. Get your ass down to the gym. Yep. Or wherever you're going to your therapies. Yep. And doing things. Even when you don't want to do it, when it's pouring rain, you know, you got to get, you know, get in your car, get in the cab, go and do what you got to do because ultimately, yep. it's, it's, as much as you put in is what you're going to get out, right? hundred um, percent. And I know speaking to Gavin and Matt and, you know, I hear them talking when they've got patients who sort of, again, not putting in enough effort. Yep. And they're sort of, they, they only do, you know, however long they catch up with Matt or Gavin is what all they do for the whole week. And I'm just going, how do you do that? It's not enough. It's just not enough, right? It's just like, and I get, each person's got their own sort of, you know, demons to fight with and that's where i think it gets it gets sort of yeah and as much as you you you, you can push these people it's got to come from within themselves right yeah. um and again it's sort of getting that sort of expectation understanding all right this is where i'm at how the hell am i going to the next level right and again it's sort of yeah you know, and i get you know people talking to me and going oh what's your percentage of being okay i said oh, i don't fucking know well are you 50 percent 60 percent 80 percent of 80% of what or 60% yeah. of what? What said, you were when you're at your peak? Like correct. who knows? Yeah. I, to what? I said, I'm not going to be 100%. I know that. I said, I can't tilt my head past a, a certain degree point. Yeah, okay. You know? Is that – you've got a fusion? Yeah, I've got three f- fusions. So, yeah, okay. You know? So, yeah, I can't. It's sort of – it's locked, right? Yeah. That's, that's how it is. Yeah. Right? It's what's going to happen with the rest of the body, right? With the legs, with the arms, with the hand, Right. I said, that's what I can control. These are the controllables that I've got. Um, uh, so it goes back to um, what you said before, what I'm reading. I just read a book about um, one of the psychologists I was, um, I had the pleasure of, um, yeah, in outpatient, she told me about, there's a book about uh, Stoics and I'll find the, what, the, what, what, the, what the book's called. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, you're uh, fine, mate. Yeah. Um, I've got it here somewhere, but... Um, and you read it, and basically the Stoics were ancient Romans, ancient Greeks, and, and effectively what they did was they're saying you can only, you know, there's things that you can control. It's your stuff that you can control. You can't control the weather. No, of course not. They say you can't even control your health because you just don't know what's going to happen. Yep. Right? And as much as that sounds bizarre to people, okay, if you're going to smoke and do drugs and this and that, obviously you're going to go down a path. But ultimately, you know, you know, when you look at the people who get MND, Yep. What do they know? Yeah. Or, you know, children with cancer or other people have things. You know, they strokes don't con- and whatnot. Strokes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Lifestyle doesn't it contributes to a, a degree, but generally speaking, not to most of it. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so she put me onto this book and I'll find a book. It's, it, it was written by an Australian journalist through COVID who used these stoic techniques to sort of um, um, get herself through the sort of COVID um, and ha- what they would think, and it's, I'll, I'll find it here. And I, it's called, oh dear, here we go. Oh, ah, here we go. I tell people it's a, Reasons Not to Worry. That's the that's the name of the book? That's the name of the book. The, I'll have to get the audio book and, yeah. and have a listen on the way to physio and whatnot. Yeah, Reasons Not to Worry, it's called. It's, it's a very easy read. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's basically a philosophy book, but yep. it's done in layman's terms, right? You can read and go, oh, yeah. Makes sense I, to me. It makes sense, right? Yep. You read it and you go, oh, shit, right? And the author's uh, Bridget Delaney. I think she's, she's an Australian author, but it was actually, um, you know, it's called How to Be Stoic in Chaotic, in chaotic Times, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, and that's sort of 
I just finished reading that book and it sort of, and it helped because all of a sudden gives you that sort of perspective to say, there's things you can control and there's things you can't control. So that's what the small stuff. Yeah. Right. And becomes a lot easier to sort of, uh, yeah, um, deal with issues as they, as they come up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting that sort of, it gives you that sort of clarity, but you still got to get up out of bed in the morning, as I say, and the discipline that gets you to do your therapies and, you know, get back to it so yeah yeah speaking of um discipline another quote that i heard i I think it might have been either muhammad ali bruce lee or maybe mike tyson that Mm. said it and it's discipline is doing what you what you hate but doing it like you love it yeah it's interesting yeah you know and little quotes like that Mm. change my perspective so much on not just what i'm going through now but you know, whether it's work or yep. your relationship mm. and, you know, I fuck, I don't want to go to that with my partner. Yep. But you know what? You go there because it's important to your partner Correct. and you show up for her, you show up for her friends, her family, whatever it might be, Correct. or a work function and you go there and you act like you really want to be there. Correct. And you know what? When you start doing stuff like that, that's when it becomes enjoyable. Yeah, correct. So, yeah. Yeah, because we've all been there. Yeah, and again, yeah, I've been married... 23 years, all right? Good so, well done. Yeah, so married 23 years and, you know, and there's been rough times and, you know, good times and what have you. So this, you know, but ultimately you got to do that, right? Sometimes you just got to turn up. Yep. Right? Yeah. Uh, and not turn up with a sour face. You just got to turn up and, you know, and contribute because that's sort of what, you know, yeah, partnership is, right? Because that's effectively what a marriage is. It's a partnership. Right? Yep. And it just applies to anything, right? Sometimes you just got to, you don't want to do things, but you just got to fucking turn up. Yep. Turn up and just grind through it and do what you got to do and so be it, all right? Yep. And I still, you know, I'm a firm believer that you, know, you get back what you put in, right? And Definitely. You know, the universe speaks back to you and says, you know what? If you're good, it'll come back to you, right? But it's a sort of, you know, people say, oh, I don't have expectations. Yeah, you got to have expectations. Otherwise, you know, what are you living for, right? You, yeah. Yeah, you just can't be just plotting through life and saying, oh, shit, I don't know what I'm going to do on Sunday. Yeah. Right? It's sort of, you know, you just got to keep going day after day, right? So, but you got to have expectations of, you know, betterment, family, you know. Um, yeah, so it, it becomes, it's a very sort of interesting sort of uh, space sort of, you know, being the situation that we're in, all of a sudden get you just to think about things more than just sort of just plotting along. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So when you were in Epworth, Richmond, yep. is that where you had your surgery, your second surgery? Yeah, both surgeries in Richmond. Okay. Yeah. And how long were you in that hospital? I was there, I'm trying to think. I got in early March. I think it was end of March. Yeah, end of March. Yeah, so it was three weeks. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was three weeks there. And then got the lovely ambulance ride, the patient transport to um, Epworth in... Uh, Camberwell, so... Yeah. So when you were at Richmond, were you bedridden the whole time? Bedridden, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's tough. It was probably the last week, uh, I can't remember what it was called, the the thing that they get you up on. Like a hoist? Yeah, and it wasn't a hoist where I could could stand. Yep. And then, um, you know, it it was interesting. It's sort of one of the, and we talk about quotes here, people say, yeah, when you get to the hospital, you check your dignity in at the door. That's right? gone. See you later. Fuck. Oh, I tell you what. So, funny story, right? So, I've had the two ops. Yep. Um, they got all every fucking drug known to me. 
couldn't because I had all this swelling around my neck and it was like it was like almost I almost looked like a rugby union player because I had no <laughs> neck right it was, that, it was that much swelling around my neck anyway yeah and if there's one thing all these painkillers do it clogs you up right definitely does and it clogs you up like and because you're not moving you're stuck in bed right and your sort of metabolism goes everywhere anyway so I remember you know, the surgeon would come in every day and he goes oh, I've been to the toilet been to the toilet so. Mate, that's the last thing of my fucking thing. I had, you know, the old catheter in yep. the old uh, pee hole and I'm just going, okay, fair enough. So um, he goes, no, have you done number twos? I said, no, no. He goes, no, you got to do number twos. I said, fucking, I can't do it, right? Anyway, so it was like seven days later. I haven't had I haven't had a number two for like seven days, right? Yeah. And uh, my, um, yeah, the nurse comes and goes, look, something's got to happen because, yeah, you got to have a shit, right? Yeah. Okay. Then I, she goes, all right, we'll just do a, a, an enema. I'm just yep. going, oh, God, all right, here we go. They bring in the kit, right? Anyway, they bring in the kit. And then um, I saw the kit and just going, oh, shit, no, no. All right, okay, it's coming, all right? And I put the bedpan there, all right? So I remember I was watching, there was a soccer game on television, and it was the start of the soccer game, right? It took 35 minutes to pass, right? Yep. And I mean, uh, this is a bit gross here. You can cut this out. No, 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 right. not at all, man. Honestly, this is the stuff I get the the most response about yeah. because it opens people's eyes to stuff that they, they don't know. Yeah. You know, if you haven't been in hospital with a broken back or, you know, you're not able to move for certain yeah. reasons, yeah. mate, you're getting stuff, fingers, fucking grenades, all this stuff shoved up your clacker, yeah. you know, and... A lot of people don't know about it. Yeah, and sort of, and, and this thing is passing. It's taking thirty-five minutes to pass, right? Yeah, it was like a f- fucking bowl constrictor coming out of my uh, rear <laughs> end, right? So I'm sitting there and I'm just going, "Oh my god, this thing!" And you can feel it. I'm going, "Oh yeah, all right." So it's a ma- so the nurse comes in, right? I'm just going, "Press the buzzer, it's done, right?" I'm just going, "Oh my god!" And she's looked at it and she's gone, "You got to fucking take a photo of this. It's the <laughs> biggest log I've ever seen in my life." You know what? She goes, fucking awesome. She goes, I've been doing this job for 15 years. She goes, this would have to be the fucking biggest log I've seen. <laughs> she goes, oh, my goodness. She's just like freaking out, right? And I'm just going, man. I said, get away, right? And she goes, anyway. So, you know, I was telling my wife. My wife goes, what? I was going, yeah. Anyway, so my wife turns up the day after the nurse is there. She goes, she goes oh, my God. She goes, you don't believe how fucking big this thing was. I've just gone. Yeah, it was mind you, the relief was like an amazing, right? Yeah, but yeah. you sit there, and it's that stuff there that you all of a sudden you, you look back and you go on and you have a bit of a chuckle about. But uh, to your point, it's sort of you don't realize when you can't get up. And I remember having to go to the toilet, yeah, and they got to put you on this Sara Steady, they called, and then they put you onto the commode in the toilet. And it was like you got no dignity, and you're sitting there going, uh, Yeah, you're sitting this. there, Starker says. Mm. Five, six nurses helping you have a shit. Like it's, it's correct. How you feel about yourself? It's, it's not a proud moment, is it? You know. No. But though that shout out to nurses. Honestly, they are one of a kind people. Yeah. And like, there's not enough of them, and that's that's as well known as anything. Yeah. But mate, the I don't know what nurses get paid, but it ain't enough. I, I, I agree 100, 100%, a million percent because I remember being in there and, I was, and speaking to them and I've gone, the, the work you guys do, I said, you know, you guys are angels, right? And I know it's your job, yep. right? And I'll be gone, it'll be somebody else and this and the other, but what you guys go through yep. and put up with, I said, I have a new level of respect yeah. 
for what you guys do. I yep. got an absolute new level of respect. So yeah, there's a there's a few uh, nurses out. Um, I remember from the Richmond days, and I've got their names. I've written them down, and I said, I will come back and see you. Yeah, right? I will walk through here, and I'll come back and see you. So yep. um, these ones just went over and above. They were amazing. That's right. Yeah, and a lot of awesome. a lot of the time, they just sit there and just they're happy just to hear you. Yeah, you know, to talk to you. Um, yeah. Yeah, they don't get paid to do that, but no. I don't know what they get paid. To your point, but yep. you know what? Um, kudos to them. You know? Yeah, and and again, you got to have that sort of mentality to be able to do what the, those jobs, right? Because yeah, yeah I couldn't do it, right? Yeah, but yeah, to them, yeah, they, they, they over and above. It was fantastic. Some some of the nurses there were really really good. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, but being laid up in bed for like three weeks, whatever it was, and. Harley getting up and was like... Have to get rolled? Did you... Like, were they rolling you or were you able to do no, it? No, I couldn't roll because I was sort of... Um, I couldn't get onto my right side and it was just like on my back pretty yep. much. Um, yeah, and this now it's all sort of coming back. It's like, oh, I don't know how uncomfortable it was and I couldn't sleep properly and it's sort of... Yeah, and then you got the catheter in there and you got to you know, yep. empty up the bags and it was just... Uh, it was terrible and you still and again in the meantime you, you're trying to work and going i walked into this place the day before it was a, i think it was the day before oh you I, walked into the hospital well when i when oh I first, of course yeah when, yeah when, yeah sorry because you had the yeah, surgeries there yeah, yeah the surgeries yep, there gotcha so my point was i think the day before i was playing soccer yep i was running around a soccer field right fuck yeah oh yeah going for a standard up and you and you're still processing that in your head Yep. It's like, how the fuck does this happen? And again, and a lot of it, I think, is that sort of acceptance of you're here. Yep. This is your new normal for now. Yeah. And you just got to work through here. And and I think that's what, it, and it's the mental, it's the m- mental game that all of a sudden starts kicking in, and you really, really got to start. Um, and it's that sort of determination, and again, that sort of discipline we talk about to get to get it through. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's tough days, tough, tough, tough days. I found. Um, uh, journals were, were good, but because I c- couldn't write, I just did. Um, you right-handed? Yeah, dominant. Yeah, oh, yeah okay. Yeah, I did the. Um, so I did uh, voice memos. Okay. So I've been doing voice memos from oh, two weeks in or a week in. Yep. Uh, um, and I remember uh, it would have been about a month ago. I thought, uh, you know, I'll start listening to where I was. Right, so it's a good way to reflect, isn't it? To reflect, I couldn't go through it. The first one was just like too raw. I'm just going, no, I'm not ready yet for that. Yeah, so, uh, but again, it's sort of the whole sort of process. I try to do a, a weekly check in, um, and again, they're only like you know, four minutes. Your thoughts, where you're at mentally, physically, this, that, and the other. So ultimately, sort of, I know I'll go back and reflect on it in years to come to say, oh, this is where I've come from. Right? Yeah. Just to get that sort of, um, just to get that sort of understanding. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's sort of you got to sort of, and again, it sort of helps you sort of conceptualize where you're at. Yeah, uh, and yeah. ultimately that's what you want to sort of see. They're going, oh, fuck, this is where I was, and this is where I'm going to. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, and it definitely helps to get your thoughts out. Yeah, you know, whether it's with a professional, or you write it down, or you do voice memos, yeah. or you just have a chat to someone that you love. Yeah. Um, you know, all that stuff really helps and Yeah. Yeah. Uh funny thing was I get people coming in and talking to me, going, Oh, your right hand, you're right dominant. I said, Yeah, yeah. And oh, what's it like brushing your teeth with your right hand? I said, try 
fucking wiping your ass with your left hand. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I said, don't worry about the teeth. Try wiping your ass with your left hand when you've been doing it with your right hand all your life. And they've gone, oh, yeah. I said, anyway, I still can't do it with my right hand, uh, wipe my ass with my right hand. It's still with my left hand. Yeah. But I can at least brush my teeth with my right hand. So, uh, yeah. Um, but there, it's sort of those stuff there that you sort of go. But again, you adapt, right? Because that's the human spirit. You've got to adapt. Otherwise, you've got to sort of, you just can't sort of be stuck there in what, you know, in perpetuity and going, oh, fuck it, if I can't do it with my right hand, I'm not going to do it with my left. You've got to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's you, right. And you've got you to those, adapt and overcome. Yeah. You've got to have those, that, those balances, right? So otherwise, what are you going to do, right? It's sort of, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's quite interesting that sort of uh, these things that sort of come to you and all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, just little small little things that sort of you used to do now you can't do anymore and yep. you just got to adapt to it and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. So when you were laying in in the hospital bed for like three weeks, yep. you said they weren't rolling you? No, the, no, they weren't because I couldn't um, – they were worried about my shoulder, my right shoulder because yep. I, I had a lot of muscle, uh, muscle atrophy because I was okay. – um, so I lost – God, it would have been about 15 kilos. Yeah, shit. Yeah, and so I couldn't roll over. And because my neck, I had the surgery, I couldn't yep. have my my head going on, leaning down onto the onto the left side. Yeah. So I was sort of stuck on the back and then they're worried about, you know, bed sores and all that sort of stuff. They're yeah. On, on an air mattress. That's what I was going to ask. And the air mattress, it's got different air cells. And yes. it inflates one set of air cells and releases that pressure to relieve pressure on your back? Yeah, I didn't mind it. I, I oh, actually, fuck, I hated it. <laughs> I, I didn't mind it, right, because having said that, I didn't mind that at Richmond. Then I went to Caulfield, uh, Caulfield I went to Campbell at, yep. at, at rehab, and the first thing I asked is, I, I need an air mattress. And the problem is, as I was getting stronger, yep. the air mattress was more of a pain in the ass than a... Because uh, all of a sudden, you're trying to move or roll, because at yep. that point, I could start rolling... Yep. And all of a sudden, it was like I was on a fucking waterbed. Yeah. And it was doing my head in. And so it took me, stupidly me, I, I lasted seven weeks. And I've gone, and then they changed it my last week. They put me to a normal mattress. I was just going. How much better is this? Oh, fuck, how good is this, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, that was interesting. I'm just going, yeah, the air, the, uh, yeah, the air mattress. Yeah, when I was sort of laid up and I couldn't do anything, Enrichment, it was it was good because otherwise it was just too uncomfortable. Yeah, normal mattress, but uh, yeah. But once your body started, what starts getting sort of uh, stronger, yeah, especially uh, your torso, it becomes a it was a it was a different scenario altogether. So I thought, oh, fuck it, it was too much of a pain in the ass. Yep, mm. yep. And at home, do you have a like a hospital grade bed? No, no, just got the standard bed. Right, um, I got to I got to put you in contact with a friend of mine here yeah. and Sleep Electric. They're a um, they're a bed manufacturer. They have electric mechanics in it. Um, okay. And yeah, I'll show you our bed later on. It's yeah. it's a f- absolute game changer. I was able to come home on weekends and sleep in in our own bed yep. and. I really don't even know if I slept. I was just in that much pain. All right. But, you know, to come home and see your partner in comfort yeah. and your son in his own room, it, yeah. you, you'd give up sleep and, yep. you know, comfort for that any day yeah. of the week. So, mm. yeah, then I met a guy at a wedding and he actually, he sent me and my partner a, a queen-size bed. Okay. Well, actually, no, it might be. Yeah, it's a king, sorry. Okay. And, um, yeah, it has a lot of functions, massage. Does it? 
increase the pitch yep. so, so you're not lying flat? Yep. So the legs okay. can come up, the head can come up. It has right. zero gravity mode, TV mode, all these different modes, wow. massage, three different things. And it's all fun. You can get it funded through NDIS. All right, okay. Um, but, yeah, they've got a few different, uh, I suppose, factories. Yep. But, yeah, I can definitely put you in contact with him. He's fantastic mm. to mm. work with and we've put another another friend onto him. Okay. And, yeah, they've done – Amazing things. Yeah, so, might do that. Yeah, actually. they're called Sleep Electric. They're okay. fantastic. No, no, mate. good. I'll, I'll look into it because it's sort of like I, even now, like sleeping. I remember getting when I first got home. It was like uh, I had to sort of chuck up the pillow so I could yep. sort of not lie down flat because my neck was my uh, my traps were sore and I was tight and everything was sort of still healing. And that was, yep. that's the sort of issue you find when like you're going from behind. Yeah. When they're cutting from behind, it's sort of all the muscle and tendons still reattaching. Even three months later when I got back home and, you know, the first few weeks, as much as going, oh, great, I'm in my bed. Yeah, it's not comfy. It wasn't comfy. Even now to this point, it's sort of, um, it, it's not comfortable at all. It's sort of, some nights I have good sleep, some nights it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it is a sort of, um, I think my body sort of, it's still adjusting to the neurological damage on my right side. Like I get like um, pulses coming down my leg and like my legs will go straight or my arm will go straight and it's sort of, it's bizarre. Is yeah. that nerve pain, do you think? I don't know. Well, it's not pain. It's just sort of that sensation. So, you know, when you like, so like a spasm? Like you, when you stretch out, you, 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 like you do a big stretch. It, it, that's what it feels like. So okay. um, it's really bizarre. So it's I think it's the whole body, you know, it's, readjusting and it, it, it's 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 bizarre and another one here we go this is another one i'll just put it out there so you know and and i've and i've actually i think i've told i don't know if i've told gavin but um i've told one of the i've told my surgeon one of the things that i found is um i get erections yep in the middle of the night it's just like and it happened from the hospital yep right and you're sitting and it wakes you up and you're going what the fuck's going on yeah yeah Right, and I've told them they've gone. Oh, it's sort of common. I've gone. Oh, you're not convincing me, but you sit there and like you're sleeping, and you're going, "What the bloody hell's going on?" Yeah. Right, and it's a sort of the whole body's. Yeah, you know, it's you just don't understand with neurological sort of stuff what's going on here, and you go, "What the hell's going on?" But yeah. uh, it's just really bizarre. So, to the sleep point, all of a sudden you get things that happen during the night, and you're waking up, and you go, "What the hell's going on?" And sort of. So yeah, I'm not definitely getting not definitely not getting uh, more often than not. I'm not getting a comfortable night's sleep. Yeah, at, okay. at this point, and sort of yeah. And, and the worst thing is when you wake up tired. Yeah, and it's it's terrible. It's like yeah, and then you got to go through your therapies and you go and, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna got to put you in contact with them, mate. They'll uh, they'll yeah. look after you. They're really really good. No, that's good. Because even even nights where my blood circulation in my left leg is dog shit. Yeah. I can just lift my legs up a little bit and turn on the massage, and yep. I reckon within fifteen minutes my foot feels okay, feels relatively warm. Yep. Um, and yeah, just that little bit of like all the bed does is vibrate yeah, when, yeah. when it massages you, yeah. but it has three different settings. Okay. And um, yeah, it helps a lot with blood circulation and being able to lift your head up or your legs up or just move but stay comfortable. It helps a lot with circulation in, in my case anyway. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember with I remember in the hospital they had these um, Ted stockings. 
Yeah, they had the stockings for, and then they had the ones that look like balloons. Yeah, they go over your legs to keep them warm. Yeah, yeah, and they had the massage in it to keep the blood flow happening. So, yep. um, yeah, but again, even now, I sort of, um, yeah, I get the cold feet. Right? Yeah. And uh, I remember through, so I got back, when I got back home, it was May. It was just before my birthday. I said, look, I need to be home for my birthday, right? It was yep. like end of May. So I got home and um, yeah, heading into winter. I remember my hands were frozen. I wake, I, I, I couldn't sleep because my hands, because of the blood circulation. It's like everything's adjusting. And you go, what the hell's going on here? I ended up having to sleep with like um, bike gloves on. Oh, okay. Just to keep my hands warm. Were they fist gloves? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Manufacturer called Fist. They're from Australia. They're, oh, okay. they're, I, they, they're the gloves I use when I'm... Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're really good stuff. Yeah. And then I went into sort of... I started wearing um, the fingerless gloves, sort of um, like yep. wool ones, sort of, yep. just to keep my hands warm. Otherwise, I could... And again, it's all this sort of stuff that you just got to readjust and it's... a it's You talk about it and it's like... It's common to me, but people listen going, what? I'm like, yeah, it's a sort of... Weird, all this weird shit that you got to sort of get used to, and you go, okay, fair enough. Got to keep doing this, just adjust again and adjust again, and something new happens. Yeah, I wanted to change my pillow like eight different times, and my wife goes, just take it easy, just just get used to what you get used to. So yeah, yeah, you just got to live through it. So yeah, it's really really difficult. Mm. Were your bladder, bowels, or erection? Well, sorry, your yeah, I suppose that's what it is. You know, was, was any of that altered? Yeah. Yep. Oh, God, yeah. It yep. was, um, so, you know, it was obviously, I don't remember, it was in the hospital. It was, um, and again, when you can't move and you'd understand sometimes, and once when they took the catheter out, it was sort of, it was a relief because that way you can at least go to the toilet because they eventually they've got to take it out. Yep. But to get to the toilet. Which fucking hurts. Yes. It hurts like hell. So I had, I remember one night when I was in Richmond and it was in there, right? And the lady, the nurse came and I needed to go for a piss. So I ring the bell. I go, nurse, oh, I go for a toilet. She goes, oh, you got a catheter in there. She goes, it feels like I need to piss. Yep. Says, no, 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 it's not supposed to be like that. And I said, well, I need to go to the fucking toilet. She goes, oh, there's something wrong with the catheter. So they have to do the adjusting and you go, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's a level of discomfort that uh, it was. uh, Once again, dignity. Dignity gone. Gone, left out at the front door. Yeah, but again, my my bladder was sort of um, like, and at one stage, and even now to a degree, um, I was getting up three times a night to go to the toilet when I was at uh, Camberwell at uh, rehab, right? And... What happens is the nurses will say, look, you got to sort of buzz us so we can take you to the toilet and this, that and the other, right? Because it's sort of, I wasn't, I could get up and they had a uh, gutter frame. It was like a gutter frame. That's what I had a, um, to sort of walk or you know, hobble along to the toilet, right? Yeah. But technically speaking, I was supposed to buzz for the nurses to come so they can lift me to put me on this thing, to put me onto the commode. And sometimes you'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I just. I you end up my... pissing yourself if you're white. Well. I, there was an incident okay. where I did piss myself, but uh, and we're talking. Uh, and at that point, I was watching the football one night, and um, I busted the nurse. It was half time. It was like a Friday night game, and I, I buzzed the nurse so she can come so I can take me to the toilet because you know, you've got to follow the protocol. Anyway, so um, and I buzz and it's there, and I'm waiting, and 
busting to go to the toilet. I'm waiting. Oh, fuck, where are they? And it, yeah, and I couldn't get up. And I knew I couldn't get up to go to the toilet because it, you know I still needed them to help me. And I'm just gone. Okay, that's it. I'm done here. So was either going to piss myself? Yeah. And I'm just I'm looking around to see what the hell can I you know. So there was like a water jug. So there you go. Just pulled out the water jug and put it there. And I just left it on the ground. I'm just gone. And at that point, I thought, you know, I got to get up from this point on. I got to control my fucking destiny here. Yeah. Um. This is not going to happen again. Yeah. Right. And again, and through the and and, and you know, to my point is, you got to get up and you get up regularly and you keep going to the toilet and this that and the other for a piss. Um, more from a bowel movement. I I don't think I've been. I'm not into a cycle. I, I still haven't um, come through where, where I'm, I've got a normal cycle. And, and again, whether that's issue with because I'm not as uh, mobile, and your metabolism sort of you know, slows down generally. You know, the more you, you, you're mobile, the more you get your metabolism kicking in. Yeah. Um, yeah. That probably plays plays a part of it. But yeah, I find it a bit very very. Um, yeah, it can be challenging, but yep. um, I think it's sort of. Um, I remember when I was, and again, sometimes I'm going back and forth in Richmond initially after the the operations. I remember the surgeons coming in and going to me, "Can you feel your asshole?" Yep. You know what? What a fucking question is that? He goes, oh, "Can you like clinch, squeeze it, yeah, squeeze it?" I said, well, "What the fuck? What kind of question is that?" You go, can you? I said, yeah, of course I can. Right? I go, oh, okay. Can you feel? Can you get an erection? I said, yeah. I go, okay, you're fine. I go, what do you mean I'm fine? And then they explain that sort of the nerve system. That's where they sort of telltale the the level of damage. Is sort of it sort of measured down. It sort of towards the um, it sort of terminates towards the asshole. Then it branches down your legs and this that, and the other. Just going, oh, fuck I, that that I didn't know, right? Yeah. Stuff that you're learning. You go, oh, okay, fair enough. But uh, yeah. And it has sort of been sort of, and again, as you get older and you'll understand this, you generally tend to get up in the, in the middle of the night to go to the toilet. Even now it sort of happens. I might get up once, twice a night. Other nights I just sleep, sleep right through. So it just all depends on, yeah. And again, diet is a big part of it as well. you you, you got to sort of, um, you know, healthy eating is sort of good, but we all love a drink. So, yeah, yeah I find if I, if I get on the piss, it sort of... Uh, yeah, you you feel it through the night, so um, yeah, you sort of again you just got to find the balance. It's sort of yeah, it's what I say with people. Yeah, mm. yeah, I um I've had had issues in in hospital where you know I was dying to go to the toilet and I hit the buzzer so that I could you know get lifted into my wheelchair, yep. transfer onto the toilet to have a shit, and hit the buzzer and you're waiting, waiting. And it's nothing on nurses. They're doing their job. It's not like they're sitting at the front Correct. door going, oh, hopefully he shits himself. Correct. But, yeah, I'd, I'd just be laying in bed and, it, the, you know, you try and hold on and then eventually it just – you can't. You can't. It yeah. just pretty much blows your back out in bed. Yeah. And then they've got to get you out of bed and or clean yeah. it right up and it's an issue. But – once again, that's where nurses shine, I suppose, you know, doing the things that it's, yeah, it's you their just, job, right? So, yeah. And they do it, but uh, they do it without complaint and I look at them going, oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. And it's not their fault. And I, I don't blame them for, you know, the incidents that occur, right? Because I had a couple of those incidents in, in, in bed as well where you sit there and it was like it just went everywhere. Yeah. Right? And you're just going, oh. And then, you know, they're going to lift you up and go through the whole cleaning. It was funny, though. I was speaking to one nurse and – and I said to her, she goes, oh, yeah, cleaning shit's easy. 
It's a, so what are you talking about? She goes, the worst, she goes, is when people throw up, vomit. Yeah. Yeah, really? She goes, yeah, because vomit just goes everywhere. She, everywhere. She, 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 well, it's generally one little area, right? But when they vomit, it goes, it's all over the place. Especially projectile, yeah. Projectile. I go, really? She goes, yeah, yeah. I'm just going, okay, fair enough. I said, yeah. But, yeah, it's sort of yeah, what they do. It's uh, uh, got help. Yeah, good on them. Yeah. God bless them. Yeah, yeah. God bless them, that's for sure. Yeah. Did you have to do what's called the Asia test? No, what's that? So the Asia test is a way. It's the same in every every country. Yep. Um, and how it how it works is it measures your feeling sensation or feeling and same thing. Yep. Um, and movement. Right. And what they do is they get a safety pin. Yep. And a fuck. What's called like a cotton bud. Yep. Real soft cotton bud. And they start off with one or the other. Right. And the cotton bud, they'll just brush on your skin and yep. you say whether you can feel it. Yep. So they'll start literally up behind your ear yep. and then work their way all the way down to your feet. Yep. And they'll do your hands everywhere. And then once they've done that, they'll move to the safety pin. They'll unhook the safety pin and yep. they'll use the sharp end of the blunt end. Yep. They'll poke you with the sharp end, yep. poke you with the blunt end. You've got to say sharp or blunt, sharp yep. or blunt, sharp yep. or blunt. And... That then gives them a score, but they've also got to stick a digit up your coit. To, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, mate, I've had more fingers shoved up me in the last year than ever in my entire Jeez. life. And um, funny story, there was a student that come in to the first time I had to do it, and I could tell that he was a bit, I'm not too sure whether I should do this. And <laughs> I just looked at him and I said, bro, you're you're training to be a surgeon. One day you could be saving someone's life that I'd Yep. You know, that I love. Yep. Just do, do what you got to do. Yeah. And um, I think that made him feel a little bit more comfortable. And I, as he put the glove on, I said, mate, not now. Like, you can at least buy me dinner first. Yeah. And he had a chuckle, so he knew that I was a bit of a character, I suppose. Yeah. And he did what he had to do. They have to insert their finger in your rectum. Um, and you've got to squeeze if you can feel it. Right. Squeeze their finger. And then they'll actually apply pressure in four different directions. And then they give a report on that. And then that sort of works on Asia. A, I believe, is the worst. Yep. B, is either some movement or some feeling but okay. not one or the other. Yep. Asia B, which I think I am, is some yep. feeling, some movement. Yep. And Asia A, I'm assuming, is just... You, you're done. Yeah. No, yeah. you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. Okay. No, no, sorry. Asia D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry. Asia A is the worst, Asia D is the best. Okay. I'm Asia B. Okay. Um, but, yeah, he come in the next day. He was yeah. obviously doing whatever and I just said to him, mate, like, what's the go? Where's my steak? He goes, oh, I thought you wanted it well done, mate. It's still cooking. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, good on you, man. You know, like I don't – Clever. As, as confronting as it is and you sit there and you worry like, fuck you, I hope he's putting enough lube on that, yeah. you know, or whatever. It's not, not a very – um, masculine thing to go through, no. but at the end of the day, this person could save you, like someone's Correct. life that that you love, or he could make a very big impact in your own. Correct. So you just kind of put up with that, and it was a. Uh, I, I ended up having that Asia test happen about fuck probably four times. All oh, right, okay. Um, because I was a part of a a research program yep. which started when I was at Royal Talbot. And it was to see whether more physio gave you a better out 
outcome okay. on your recovery. Okay. So they had to do it beforehand. I think they did it midway through yep. and then at the end. But same thing going back to when you said you're walking out of here and she kind of laughed at yeah. you or he or she, I'm not, yeah. I can't recall. Yeah. Um, but I had to go through goals with yep. the lady mm. and she said to me, you know, what do you want in 10 weeks at the end of this trial? Which I had to do another 14 hours of physio per week. Right, okay. Yeah, so I was, like, I was in there on Saturdays doing four or five wow. hours, whatever you got to do. So she goes, you know, what do you want to do in 10 weeks time? Mm. I said, I want to be able to stand up. She goes, all right, no worries, you know, that's realistic, let's go with that. And then she said to me, what do you want in six months? Mm. I said, oh, I want to do a marathon. And she laughed. And I went, like, no, well, what's funny, I wasn't joking. She goes, oh, like, you know, it needs to be pretty realistic. I said, what's unrealistic about that? I'm, I'm allowed to want to do a marathon. Sure. She goes, well, how many marathons have you done? I said, I've never fucking done a marathon. I said, but now's a good time to start. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so to this day, that's burnt in my brain that there's doubt there from someone and that fuels my fire to just fucking get up and go and one day do a marathon. Yeah. And I really want to start off with doing the Wings for Life marathon yep. because you can actually do it in a wheelchair and it's run okay. by Red Bull. Yep. And my understanding is it raises money for spinal cord injury okay. for, for yep. research anyway. Yep. And how it works is everyone starts at the same starting point. Yep. And you take off and then X amount of time after everyone leaves, a car follows the same track, which that car is a moving finish line. So once that car gets to you, you've then completed the marathon. You then get on a bus that takes you back to the, you know, where you started. But when, when she laughed at me and sort of told me that, I was like, fuck, that's a job I couldn't do. Yeah. Just breaking, trying to break people's spirit. And I know it's not what she's meant by it. I think they're trying to be realistic. But yeah, and that, they don't want to give balance, you false hope. hope. Correct. Yeah. But I just thought to yeah. myself, like, I'm lucky I'm headstrong. Yeah. Because I use that as motivation. When people yeah. tell me I can't do it, yeah. I say, fucking sit down, grab a drink, watch me try. You know? But for someone that, isn't headstrong or doesn't have the family support or the friendship support that yep. I've got. Yep. Or, you know, like I, I, my son was 10 weeks old when I broke my back. Okay. I have to get on my feet yep. for my child. Correct. You know, and that that's the way I work. But if, if you, if that happened to someone that doesn't have a family that can drop everything to be there for them yeah. or a partner that is willing to give up her life... Mm. And drag her, you know, three month old child by the by the time she was coming in to, to stay with me, yeah. you know, to live in a rehab center. Yeah. It's fucking hard to keep that mentality. Correct. And when they tell you to be realistic or give you this amount of percentage of, yeah. you know, walking again, some yeah. people will take that as that that's where I'm at now. This is my life. I'm gonna just Correct. keel over and give up. Correct. Where. I fucking hate being in a wheelchair. Yeah. I don't believe I'll be in it forever. Yeah. But if I start to believe I will, then that's my reality. Correct. And I'll just never give into it. I cannot accept that this is my life. Yeah. You know, and I don't I don't want to offend anyone that is in a wheelchair 
for the rest of their life. And reality mm. to some is that, well, that is their reality. Yeah. I'm incomplete with my spinal cord injury. So my, okay. my yep. spinal cord yep. isn't severed. Okay. Yeah. I, I will just never quit. Yeah. And if I die at the age of 75, 80, mm. 90, whatever it might be. Yeah. And now till then, yeah. everything I've got, that I have left over is going into, yeah. you know, going into getting back on my feet. And I just don't see the point in ever quitting. Well, I've seen your progress at the, uh, at the therapy center from, you know, it's been well, two, three months now there. Yeah. 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 And you've, you've definitely progressed. And again, this is just a bystander or some person in the same sort of spot. Yeah. Looking at your, your progression. So, uh, you're getting there. Your, your determination is, uh, is, is quite admirable. And yeah, you, you, thank you. You, you. you can see it uh, as you're driving it because and, – uh, and again, uh, we, we come from the same place and the same sort of mentality because I had the same experience in hospital when, again. Yeah. Um, when I was leaving the OT out of Camberwell goes to me, uh, look, we're going to have to sort of get you a, um, a wheelchair for home. And I said, no fucking way. Yep, good. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, you need a wheelchair for home. I said, no fucking way. I said, I'm not taking one. I'm sorry. I just don't need it. Yep. He goes, yeah, but what if you go out for a walk? And again, back then, when I got home, I was on crutches. I had to walk with a crutch. Yeah. One crutch, not two, all right? Um, and he goes, yeah, but what if you go for a walk and you get tired? I said, I'll sit down. I go, there's no fucking way I'm going home in a wheelchair. Good it's on just, you. It's not going to work, right? Yep. It's And he just kept there and, and he kept going. And I looked at him and, and yeah, I go, Michael, it's just, mate, it's not going to happen. Let's not argue about this. He's coming from... Uh, um, I hope you don't fall and that sort of stuff, right? And I said, no, no, that's fine. I'm, I'm good, right? Um, it, that sort of mentality. And, and this leads into sort of, um, you know, when I saw Gavin, um, he was, um, he got recommended to me from my physio at um, Camberwell. Yep. He was one of, uh, I think, Gavin's students. And he goes, look, if you want, he goes, because I told him I want to run. Yes, you need to go to Gavin, right? Yeah. So I just kept hounding Gavin and he finally took me in and what have you, right? Yeah. Um, and I remember walking and I had a, uh, an AFO, the yep. the orthotic, to sort of help me walk. Yep. First day I walked in, he looked and goes, walk. He goes, take it off. He goes, never fucking wear it again. Yep. I think that, that were his words. Yep. You know and that's mean? why we're working with the best in the business. He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't mince it. It's no. Says, there's no, no pussyfooting around. Yeah. It's all or nothing and his time's valuable. So when you're with him, you've got to give it yeah. everything you've got and more. Correct. And, and, and that's what I say. And, and it's, they come from a different place and he yep. sees it him and Matt and all of a sudden these guys who, who sit and give you that. And again, they're not giving you false hope, but they're giving you enough for you to take your drive and take it to the next level. Yeah. It's the ones that sit there and laugh at you. Or when you sit there and say, oh, I want to run a marathon and, go, and they laugh at you. That's demoralizing. I, my experience was when I first got into um, a rehab, they go to me, oh, we're going to sign you off for NDIS. And I, I'd heard of NDIS. Yeah. And then I you know, Googled it. I'm just going, oh, I'm not fucking disabled. Yep. I refused to. Point blank. I said, no, I, I don't need it. Yep. I'm not disabled. And they go, what do you mean? So at this point, I was, I was seeing a psychologist there. And she's trying to explain to me. She's and yeah, I remember the, the one of the first um, meetings I had with her. She turns around. And she goes, "Oh, you know, we've got to talk about this. Could be your situation going forward." 
And at that point, it wasn't, I was barely walking, yep. barely mobile. And I've gone to her, I won't hear that. Straight up. Yeah. She Good. goes, too soon. I said, don't ever fucking mention that again. Good. I said, because I'm not disabled, I'm quasi-abled. Yeah, quasi-abled. I've never heard that. Right. Right. Well, you're sort of a bit disabled and a bit not disabled, right? So I'm going, that's what I am, right? I fucking like it. I'm quasi-abled as well right. then, mate. Because I'm getting it to get, I'm going to get to being able, right? Yeah. Uh, and again, it's that sort of, and again, this is no disrespect to those who are disabled in this, that and the other, but it's sort of when you're coming from this sort of position and you, there is the ability to do better and get better. Yeah, progress, you, yeah. You've got to progress. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to accept it as my, this is it. So when people tell and ask me, where, what's your percentage? I don't do percentages. Yep. I'll know when I'm back. Yeah. Right? I'm getting there, right? Um, so it's sort of, it's that mentality and, and, and it sort of resonates with me and it's all this sort of stuff that sort of come back to me now. I'm just going, man, there's, yeah, there's some people who can sort of push you and then, but they, then what they do is they, they light that fire. Yeah. Right. Um, and I've gone, no, no, I'll, I'll be, I'll be fine. I said, I just got to sort of have that sort of mentality and sort of my biggest frustration in rehab was I wasn't doing enough physio. Yeah. I've gone, oh, I need to be doing four hours a day. And go, no, look, you'll be pushing yourself. I go, no, no, push. Yeah. It was more a question of pulling me back as opposed to uh, pushing me forward. And But it's because it's, you're going to have that sort of the drive, just discipline, just to make sure you get to, to the other end, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I found it really um, yeah, interesting when people's words count for a lot. And and, and I said that from when I was in Richmond, from when the – surgeon who came and saw me and said look if you don't do this operation you get a 10% chance of walking again I'm gone words count all right yep. and especially if you're in a heightened sense of you've just post-op and this that and the other and you've just you know it's not like yeah you know, I've gone in for a routine up and I've woken up as I've woken up and again there's always that sort of chance that things don't go right and you know someone's got to make up that percentage and people saying, oh you know Maybe the doctors did something wrong. I said, does it change where I am now? Of course not. It doesn't, right? You can put the blame on someone else, but really, what's that do? It just takes a weight off your shoulders and gives you a bit of room to to not work as hard. Correct. Fuck that. Own it. Good on you. And I go, big deal. I'm here now. Yeah. I can blame him. I can go see lawyers. I can go. I said, to what fucking outcome? Yeah. Use, Use that time wisely. I said, I've just got to. Do what I gotta do. There is always nothing's ever hundred percent. There's always gonna be that chance where you're gonna sit there and something goes wrong. And this happened. I was that the percentage when I say there's a ninety percent success rate, which means there's ten percent. I'm that ten percent. Yeah. Fall into that bracket. All right. I've got to yep. get out of that bracket now. Yeah. Right. And it, it, it's that sort of the mentality that people need to sort of I think have and you've got to be strong willed. You really, really need to be strong willed. And yep. sort of and, and when you look at you know uh people going through various stages of you know, coming back. And it was likened to me, you know, you're like you're in a car crash, yeah. effectively. Um, and if you and use that sort of mentality, that's how I explain my condition to people. I'm going, I was like, I was in a car crash and I'm just getting back from it, right? Yeah. And sort of, it'll happen, it'll happen up until the point where I can't go no more. But um, it's sort of, you've got to be able to sort of have that sort of, uh, you know, the, the gumption to sort of, push forward um yeah and it's sort of and not that people are negative they're trying to be realistic but sometimes it, it's you need those people and i think 
because what that does is just it hits a nerve or it hits a you know pun to pun in 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 the brain where you're going fuck I'm gonna prove you wrong I'm gonna prove you wrong yep and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go for it you go yep you know what and it's sometimes that's what you need because if you get if you surround yourself with the yes people right it's sort of nothing's gonna happen right you no need, you don't need yes men yeah you just need the reality right yeah um, yeah and ultimately come and again support networks are, are crucial if you, you know, if I didn't have a support network just like yourself and sort of you can't sort of do something's got to you have the why why am I doing this yeah right? you, know, you got a family you got a young family um, yeah, so you've got to sort of go through this whole sort of uh, process you, you, that, that's what's going to drive you as, a, as an individual right yeah um, everybody's got things to achieve I told people I've got stuff to do yeah I'm fucking 51 I'm not yeah I'm not ready to yeah. not 151 correct yeah when I, I was in rehab and I um Funnily enough, Ted Bailey was in the um, the ex Victorian Premier was in, okay, yeah. was in uh, rehab. I'm sure he was better than the last one. Yes, he's definitely a lot better than the last one. I remember because he's he's quite a tall man. Right? Yep. He's taller than me, so I'm six foot four. He was he'd be about six five, six six. Yeah. So he was. Um, I remember going in first, and I'd seen him in, and I'm going, yeah, that's Ted Bailey, big Ted, right? And he had just done a, uh, I think a, he'd broken his hip, so he'd just done a hip replacement. So I got chatting with him as well. So. Um, and you know, had a bit of a chat. He goes, yeah, just keep going. And then he, he was there for like a week. Yep. And again, he saw the process that I'd done in a week. He goes, you're doing a lot better. He goes, like, I remember first getting in, it was five guys who had to have, make me stand, right? A week later, I was sort of, I was down to like one guy helping me with a frame. Yep. But um, he goes, you're progressing. It's stuff like that, that that drive you. But what I saw there, and I was, Camberwell, uh, at Epworth Camberwell, there's all these older people, right? Yep. In their 80s, 90s. I've had hip replacements, I've had falls, and this and the other. I've had strokes or what have you, and they're there, and it's determined. You're looking at these old people, there, and they're in the twilight years, right? Yeah. And I'm going, these people here haven't given up. I'm sure it's fuck not going to give up, right? Because yeah, you, know, you look at these people here, and then yeah, yeah, what they what they're achieving, yeah. And it was like an old lady, Barbara. She was like 92. Yeah. And she was like so determined. I've just got you, 92 years old. I'm God thinking, bless her. Good on you. Fuck, yeah. you know what? If you can do it, fuck yeah, I can do it too, right? It's yeah, sort that's of, it. Yeah, and it's sort of, and you, when you surround yourself in that sort of environment, um, yeah, it, it becomes you really, yeah, it gives you that strength to sort of, yeah, you got to keep going, right? Because if they can do it, I sure as hell can do it. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's one hell of a story that you've you've come on and shared with us, and yeah, you know, I'm um, I'm stoked that I get to get to see you. In action at, at physio and, yeah. you know. Likewise. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to say a big thank you for coming on, but I've got one last question for you. Go for it. Well, actually, I've got two. Go. So this part of the show, I'd like to ask uh, the interviewee, yes. I suppose. What can get fucked? We live in a pretty weird world and I want to hear three things right. that you think can get fucked. You don't have to go into too much detail. However, what can get fucked? Dan Andrews, number one. Fucking A. <laughs> I could put Dan Andrews, number one, two, and three, but no, that, that, that'll be too easy, right? <laughs> right. Uh, number two is uh, uh, it's sort of broad. Negative people. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and I say that because I had people visiting me, friends, family, um, all right, so I was in hospital 
three months. There was only one day someone didn't come and visit me. Yep. I was by myself. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's just to show the support network that I had around me. Right. Um, but in the, I'd have people coming in and I'd look at them and they had that sort of, yeah, they had the concern. But there's people who brought negativity and I've gone, yeah. I don't need it. Yep. I don't need this. Go. Unless you come in with a positive attitude, yep. I'm just not interested. I right? completely get that and All I right. can relate to it 100%. Yeah. Right. You come in here and you're sad because he says, I did this to myself. Yeah. Get the fuck out of the room. I can't, I can't be around you because you're infectious. Correct. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent, uh, mate. Yeah, so... Um, I'll give you, I'll, don't mean to cut you off. I'll give you a quote that I've mm, sort of lived by mm, for a while yep. and it's negativity is like a flat tyre. You're not going anywhere until you fucking change it. Correct. You know? And I'll, I'll always use that. Yeah. Use yeah. it, mate. Yeah. Put it on a Griffiths, co- Griffiths yeah. Bros coffee shirt. Fuck, I will. Yeah. Negativity is like an empty coffee cup. Yeah. You're not going anywhere until you change it, you yeah. know? Whatever you want to do. But, yeah, that, that's something that I've lived by for a very long time. Yeah. That's uh, – but um, – and the third one is camel milk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Camel milk should not be in coffee. That's all I got to say, right? And I'll make a, a, a lighthearted uh, a joke about that. But uh, yeah, but that's pretty much it. It's sort of um, yeah, you've just got to keep uh, positive. But yeah, negative people, you just got to fucking uh, you just don't need that, right? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. don't need that. Yeah, so um, that's the they're, they're my three. There you go. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, well, I've only got two this week. It's uh, people that park in the disabled spot that aren't disabled. Oh yes. Yeah, and um, and man buns. Man buns. Yeah, I'm sorry. They've got to get fucked. Yeah, I thought they were, the, they were on their way out. I'll tell you what, we can go get fucked. So, I'm, so I'm a cyclist, right? Yeah. So I've got a disabled parking permit, right? Yep. All right, because, and again, I try not to use it, right, because I can so, sort of um, yep. make my way around. But I was parking St Kilda Road, right, and again, I hobble and this, that and the other because I sort of um, mobility challenged is what I call myself. Yep. Um, or quasi able, and I remember I was getting in my car. To get into the car, it takes. It's not fluid movement. Yep. I get these cyclists coming down the bike lane, abusing me. Really? I just got. I mean, a fucking disabled parking thing. It's. I've got a permit. Right? Fucking rat. What are you doing? Yeah. Right? I'm thinking. Yeah. It's not like I open the door onto them. Now I'm a member of Bicycle Victoria. So, you know, I have been for like 20 years, right? Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. And then this is when it's that whole sort of the angst you get amongst cyclists and car people, right? And all of a sudden, I get it. You don't own the roads, right? And again, I've been a cyclist. I've had car accidents, bike accidents and what have you, right? But ultimately, you, you get a function. You got to coexist, right? Yeah. And you have people like this having that sort of, uh, you know, I'm righteous and fucking, this is what I got to do. Fucking piss off. Yeah. It's just like, you know, have a bit of respect for those. And if it's one thing I have learned out of this whole experience is, you know, I look at people who are, um, who've got disabilities. Yep. In a totally different light. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. In, in a, like, you know, from what they've achieved. Yep. And what they're doing and what they're going through and whether it's sort of, you know, from birth or what have you, you just, it just gives you a different lens, right? And you yeah. become a lot more. I wouldn't say compassionate, 
because it's sort of absurd. You just be, it opens your eyes to sort of you know, understanding where where these people are at, and you've got to take each person for their own sort of. You know, everyone's got their own demons that they're fighting or the battles that they're fighting and what have you. So you just got to, you know, don't sweat the small stuff yeah. ultimately. And in the end, it's like, you know, it's it's a big world. We've all got to fucking coexist, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so there we go. Very good. All right, last question. Go. I've got five bags of beef jerky. I'm right. missing one. I need a top up. So you can... Take your pick out of original, smoky barbecue, garlic, teriyaki, or chili, tender 3099 beef jerky. All right. I'll I tell which one I'm going to go for because I, I like the spicy. I'm going to go the chili. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Good job. Is it sort of... It'll uh, give you a bit of a kick. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it's good There's shit. nothing worse than having chili that's like... Eh. Bland, it's like, um, like sweet and sour. Yeah, give me fucking <laughs> something that's going to give me some sort of... Uh, Kick, yeah. yeah. No, I will go the chili, definitely the chili. So I will try it, yeah. But uh, it's been a while uh, since I've had uh, jerky, but you know what? You won't regret it, mate. Won't it's good it. shit. Yeah, it's right. bloody good shit. No, good. I will actually try it. No so. artificial colours, no artificial flavours. So how do they make it? In a dehydrator. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I might have to uh, go in and and make a little edit of daniel the guy that runs 3099 jerky oh yeah making it it's a it's a good process i've seen it all before and it's really interesting is it based locally here yeah so he uh he's in diamond creek okay yeah, yeah not far from here yeah so it's just a small locally family-run business oh, and good on him. yeah it's top quality stuff i'm telling you right now yeah. like yeah you'll love it yeah, so good yeah I look forward to it where does he sell it uh it's online he'll yep. he'll stock shops yep He's a hustler, man. He, will, he? On, on his days off, yep. he will just jump in his car and go for a drive with his whole van stocked full and he'll go okay. to bottle shops, okay. cafes, okay. all these places and he'll just, here you go, have a try. Tell me if you like it. If you like it, do you want to stock it? Good on him. And he, he does really, really well in in selling his product to you. Yep. He's just this, he's a smart man. Good. Yeah, yeah. If the product tastes nice. It sells itself, right? That's, that's exactly a, right. Well, that's half the battle, right? It's, yep. sort of, it, it's easy getting something. And the, uh, yeah, if the product is uh, is good enough, yeah, people will get it back. I say that with beans. Beans are beans. The brown beans are brown beans, right? Yeah. It's the service that you provide around it, and that's where like small businesses make the sort of difference because yeah, yeah, nobody's going to push their business more than the owner themselves, right? Yes. And I say with my business, and I say with yeah. Um, and Daniel here talking with his uh, with his jerky. That's it. He'll push it, and ultimately, that's what you got to do, right? If, you know, you can talk about the big big corporations, but you know, ultimately, you just sort of, if the product is uh, worth its, uh, uh, it, it does what it says, it'll sell itself. But ultimately, it's the customer service that you provide yep. that ultimately sells the product as well, because the people 100%. know. Going, oh, you know what? It's a good business. It's a good product, and it'll, it'll sell out. Oh, good. Look yep. forward to trying. If it's it. not the best beef jerky you've ever had, I'll give you your money back. There we go. Yeah. Yep. Alrighty. So. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, mate. No, thank and, you. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah I just want to say a big thank you to our sponsors that have helped us out. Uh, we've got a new sponsor on board, Camprint. He's a screen printer. Uh, you would have heard in the ad previously, but we've got Valley Meal Prep. They send me delicious meals. Try to keep me a little bit slender, yeah. but I uh, I overindulge in the ice cream again. But that that's a story for another day. We've got Valley Meal Prep, three and nine nine jerky. All right, thanks for tuning in, everyone, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to everything. 
BYO chair. Thanks, guys. And this week we're giving away some skincare products from the Facial Facial Co. Skin Company. Nice. But, uh, yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to everything BYO Chair. Thanks, guys.